I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. It is the final preview piece for the 2021-2022 NHL season on the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast, and it's just in time for the NHL season, which gets underway one night earlier than usual on a Tuesday and without the usual Canadian fare, which would be the Leafs and Habs or Leafs and Sens, but that's okay. ESPN, a brand new world. Let's get things going on a Tuesday and as soon as possible because the hockey season is finally here and we could not be more excited. But preview piece number three is the best of them all. It is the championship tiers. It's like the power rankings, but the positions here are far more binding. So let's get right into it. With tier one, and the team that stands alone and has stood alone for the last two seasons. They are the standard. They are the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Lightning did, though, have a pretty difficult offseason. They lost the line and the three players that brought them the measure of of completeness, which really elevated them from a great regular season team, a historical regular season team, really, to a team that could do it in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Obviously, Coleman, Gord, and Goudreau, they won't be easy to uh, replace. But the Lightning are as good a candidate as any to sustain from within, even if it's going to be done without Alex Barboulet, who we thought was going to play a major role with the Lightning. Instead, was put on waivers, and he's now a member of the Seattle Kraken, who's sort of laid in the weeds and done some good stuff this offseason to add to that expansion roster. It seems exceedingly unlikely that the Lightning will do it again. The expectation should be that they falter. But for now, we have to give them the recognition that they deserve, which is to be number one on the heap of the 32 NHL teams as we enter the season. Tier two, uh, championship or bust. It's not championship or bust for Tampa Bay, but it truly is for the next two and they are Western Conference teams that are clear front runners in their divisions. We have Vegas and Colorado here in tier number two. Uh, we could probably set up this Western Conference final right now. Uh, they are the best teams in their respective divisions pretty clearly. And the expectation should be that we see them there. However, there's been a lot of expectations about Colorado in recent seasons, and they haven't been able to break free or through. And then, you know, Vegas has had postseason success but also loses it to a team like the Montreal Canadiens with a chance to go to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, Uncharacteristic, I guess we could say, of Vegas. The pressure on these two teams should be intense. 
They've knocked on the door many times. They've failed to completely step through. And now money and the window, like these things are becoming a bit bit more of an issue now, especially for the Colorado Avalanche, who might be looking back saying, well, we certainly missed our best opportunity because unlike Vegas, which is an interesting role reversal, the Colorado Avalanche lost quite a bit in the offseason. I mean, the Kraken did their biggest amount of damage against Colorado, getting Donskoy in the expansion draft and then taking Philip Grubauer off their hands in free agency. And that forced Colorado to sort of, in a panic almost, pay a pretty high price for Darcy Kepper, who's going to be a solid addition for them and is probably going to do exactly what Philip Grubauer did. But they lost quite a bit in the process of getting to the point that they are at now. Losing flexibility and losing a player like Brandon Saad, Colorado has taken maybe a slight step back. Vegas, meanwhile, they actually had some flexibility for the first time in a very long time because they traded Marc-Andre Fleury. But I think they used that cap space a bit questionably. I mean, Evgeny Dadanov was, I guess, you know, the high-priced acquisition that came after the Marc-Andre Fleury trade and the $7 million plus that was opened up. And he was brutal with the Ottawa Senators last year. I mean, you know, he he fared a lot better in Florida and maybe the same type of help wasn't there for him in Ottawa, but there were still good players on that Ottawa Senators team. And Dadanov just was not a part of the core group that got anything done. He was a major, major disappointment. And I think the Ottawa Senators are pretty happy that Vegas was willing to take him and his entire salary off its hands. Um, still, with these teams, a bit of a change a bit of a departure from the norm, at least from the last couple seasons, but the cores are still the cores with these groups and they are elite cores. We should expect the tug of war for the president's trophy to happen between these two teams before hopefully meeting in the postseason again. And it was the Tampa Bay or it was the Vegas Golden Knights rather who won four straight to upset Colorado last year before, of course, losing to Montreal. Tier three, those sizing up Tampa Bay. We've got the Florida Panthers here and the New York Islanders. They both fell to the champs last season, and they both returned obsessing over the same thing, which is defeating the Tampa Bay Lightning. These are the two teams, I think, with the best chance to beat them in a postseason series because they have some experience and they were able to get better while the Lightning got worse. They added in this offseason, and it's not... You know, I mean, we've mentioned Colorado not being able to add. Vegas did, although they subtracted a Vesna caliber goaltender to do it. But the Islanders and Panthers were able to go out there and add to their teams despite performing at a very high level last year. The Islanders brought in Zidane Chara and Zach Parise, and I know, past their prime, but they could probably fill a pretty useful position for Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello. And they also were able to keep Kyle Palmieri, which is no small thing. Meanwhile, the Panthers made the biggest ad among the elite teams, which is bringing in Sam Reinhart from the Buffalo Sabres to play in that top six, which is absolutely loaded for Bill Zito and the Florida Panthers. These two teams are legitimate Stanley Cup contenders. And again, if anyone's knocking off Tampa, I'm taking one from this group. Next up, we've got the fringe elite in tier four, and we're starting to enter the mud. We've got larger groups, and it's going to be that way until we reach the finish and the two teams that are not actively competing this season. But here we've got some surprising teams and some, I guess, less so surprising teams. Seven teams in total are in the fringe elite. So again, we've entered the mud here. We've got the Leafs, we've got the Bruins, we've got the Oilers, the Wild, the Stars, the Jets, 
and the Hurricanes. Let's start with the Leafs and Bruins, who we can kind of pair together. We can pair them together because both are projected for 100 plus points. Both were able to make some interesting additions in the offseason. I don't know if they both got better, but they were able to get some more talent into the mix. But both, I think, and this is the most important one, are looking back thinking they probably missed out on their best opportunity. The Leafs and Bruins, you know, they've run into each other many times in the last four year, uh, four or five years. But they were probably better in those iterations than they are now. And, of course, in the most difficult division, they will be competitive. They probably will hit those 100-point totals. But it's going to be difficult for them to survive it. The Oilers are kind of in a similar boat. We should expect a really strong regular season from them because the regular season is when the Oilers, who are so high voltage and so powerful offensively, can actually outscore their deficiencies. The attack is actually even stronger with Warren Fogel, Derek Ryan in the mix. Uh, they were able to add to that. And Zach Hyman, not to mention, you can't, can't forget Zach Hyman. The attack is stronger. But the questions are even more in abundance now when it comes to keeping the puck out of their own net. We probably should not expect Mike Smith to repeat his outlier season last year. We probably shouldn't expect Miko Koskinen to be a replacement level goaltender. And to put all this importance on Duncan Keith, who's 38 plus, and Cody Ceci, who was a year removed from being a massive, massive issue. And one of the reasons why the Toronto Maple Leafs didn't get through their first round series, I guess it wasn't even a first round, just play in series, which is the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then Tyson Berry, I mean, on that team two years ago for the Leafs, Tyson Berry and Cody Ceci, the right side of their defense core, was the reason why they didn't meet their potential. They just weren't good enough. And now the Oilers are trusting them to fill out the right side when the expectation should be with Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman to win a Stanley Cup. It just seems completely misguided, and that's why they are only in the fringe elite. Minnesota Wild up next in this group, um, and it was a weird offseason for them. Uh, they had so much promise last year, overshot expectation, expectations, gave the Vegas Golden Knights all they could handle in the first round, and it seemed like they realized they were on the cusp of something. They made decisions they felt were necessary in order to be truly great. And then they kind of spent the rest of the summer just sitting on their hands and negotiating with Kirill Kaprizov and finally getting the deal done, importantly, but not really doing anything else. Colossal cap penalties are coming for getting rid of Ryan Suter, for getting rid of Zach Parise, not wanting them in the fold anymore. We're going to be talking about tens, $10 million plus tied up in nothing in the situations to come or in the years to come. This is an incredibly important year for Minnesota. You'd think that they would push all their chips in the table. You'd think we'd see urgency, and I don't, just don't think we saw it this offseason. I think they remain in that fringe elite. Next up, Stars and Jets. We could be jumping the gun a little bit on these two, but Dallas is finally healthy after what was a clearly taxing run to the cup final two years ago. They weren't right all year. They didn't have Tyler Sagan for most of it. And the, all those bodies are going to be back, and some of the young guys are going to be able to take that next step forward, I think. And I think they're going to return to the playoffs and potentially be uh, a problem in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I think the exact same thing of the Winnipeg Jets, who finally addressed their major issues. And Pierre-Luc Dubois should be a lot better in his second season. He should be more comfortable. And when you have Connor Hellebuck behind an improved defensive core, I mean, it could spell 
great things for him in his individual season and, of course, for the Winnipeg Jets. Lastly in this group, the Carolina Hurricanes. It was a louder season than it, or louder offseason rather than it was a productive offseason. This team is still wildly up talent, wildly talented up front, maybe a little sketchier at the back end and in goal now. Um, you know, making an example of Mark Bergevin was probably a mistake. Um, reserving the entire offseason budget to buy an incredibly unproven player uh, for way too much money and to have some laughs in the boardroom. That's probably not the best way to go about business. And it probably means that you neglected other areas. They completely, uh, complete upheaval with their goaltending situation, getting rid of Nedeljkovic uh, and bringing in um, Freddie Anderson and uh, Antti Ranta to fill those gaps. Two goaltenders who are injury prone, who have consistency issues. The goaltending, just as it did before, threatens to undo any progress they make, but now it's just a little bit more unlikely. At least it's a little bit less dependable, I guess you could say. It's more injury prone now. It's probably the same situation. You could probably get the same caliber of goaltending, but you work so hard to just achieve the same result. And I think achieving the same result would be a good thing because, again, Freddie and Auntie Ranta don't necessarily... Uh, are, can't really be relied on in terms of being there for 82 games. It might be something that completely um, subverts their season, their goaltending, because it just might not be there when it matters most. And if you didn't trust in Alex Nedeljkovic, that's fine, but at least he was going to be in the net and he was going to be there to perform. Also, we have Tony D'Angelo, who's going to be on the blue line for Carolina. And there could just be karmic forces associated with having him in your lineup. So we'll see if that threatens to un, uh, you know, derail, I guess, the trajectory that the Carolina Hurricanes were on. Finally, Tier 5. Finally, we're only halfway through. Tier 5, the Metro Mush. Uh, the Metropolitan Division is a puzzle I'm not prepared to solve. We have Washington, Pittsburgh, the Rangers, and Flyers. I think these are the teams with the widest range of outcomes. They could finish anywhere between 2nd and 7th the division but they probably will all end up with between 90 and 100 points. It's a really weird situation with the sort of murky middle that's going on in the Metropolitan Division. This could be the year that Pittsburgh and Washington or one or the other fall. Both are older and facing major questions about their future. The Rangers, I mean, we probably have to see them make the playoffs before we can anoint them as anything special. And who really knows with the Philadelphia Flyers? I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain that one of these teams will surprise, one will colossally fail, each will probably falter in the postseason and succumb to the true unchanging entities in the division, which, which really is Lou Lamorello's Islanders, and I guess to a certain extent. The- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Carolina Hurricanes. Tier 6. We have non-literal wild cards. We got the Kraken, Canucks, Flames, Blues, and Blackhawks. These are teams that are, you know, we don't exactly know what they're going to give us. And they could be involved in the postseason or they could be involved in the lottery as well. We got the Kraken, high low, high floor to me, low ceiling, which again, it, I guess that doesn't really scream wild card. But by definition, as an expansion team, I mean... They are a wild card. We don't know what this team is going to be. They are without a sample to draw from. So until we see it, we don't really know. I'm interested to see how the goaltending situation shakes out with them. I think they would have been fine with just Chris Drieger, given where they are in the, where they are in their timeline. But then they jump the gun. I mean, it might be Ron Francis's insecurities as a guy who failed to get goaltending in Carolina while he was there goes out and gets a Vesna nominee who may or may not have been a Vesna nominee only because of the situation he found himself in with the Colorado Avalanche, who are experts at shot suppression. Uh, the Canucks, I thought they had a very, very good offseason, at least in its own problematic context. They had a lot of mistakes they had to clean up, and they pretty much cleaned up all of them. I mean, I think this forward group is as exciting as you get, uh, you know, beyond maybe the Edmonton Oilers out there in the Pacific Division. I think Thatcher Demko can prop up that defense. Um and I feel like they they could ascend to perhaps second in the division. I think the Vancouver Canucks are in for an exciting season, uh, if not a very, very good one. Calgary Flames are sort of the opposite of them, um, but it's really all about buy-in with the Calgary Flames. Do they want to play for Daryl Sutter or not? If there is any disconnect, it won't work. We've seen it. We saw it last year. We've seen it happen before when Daryl Sutter's, you know, runway ran out, right? It does not work unless everybody is on board. And if it does work, if there isn't any disconnect, well, we have the early 2010 Los Angeles Kings. We know what can happen. We know how special a team can be if they are built for Daryl Sutter and want to play for Daryl Sutter. Chicago Blackhawks also in this group. I think they'll be cashing overs all season. The big question is how many wins is Marc-Andre Fleury worth on a team that's going to make him work for each one of his victories. They're going to score a lot of goals. There's going to be a hell of a lot of pressure on Marc-Andre Fleury night in and night out. Can he repeat a Vezina caliber season and steal a lot of wins or, you know, solidify a lot of victories? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with season for Marc-Andre Fleury. He's going to be on a lot more pressure than he was in his time in Vegas. And lastly, in this group, we got the St. Louis Blues. You know, it seems like they're just sort of on a slow descent from that 2019 Cup win. Uh, it's only been a couple of years. But can they interrupt that descent with additions like Pavel Buchnevich and Brendan Saad? Still feel like they're going to be a decent team, one that competes for low, 90, low 90s point totals. Um, but it doesn't feel like they've got that same firepower and convincing quality about them without Alex Petrangelo leading their blue line tier seven we are flying through this this is the playoffs maybe division we've got montreal los angeles the new jersey devils and nashville predators 
listen, it's just a tough division for Montreal. It is what it is. This team got worse is without Shea Weber and Carey Price to start the season. They lost Phil Deneau. They've made some decent additions. They should score more goals this year. But can you compete with the likes of Tampa, Boston, Toronto, Florida? I just think it's going to be really tough. The wild card is a possibility. That's why it's just playoffs, maybe, for the Stanley Cup finalists. For Los Angeles, the door is open. Pacific Division isn't all that great, but the postseason might just be too much to ask for a team that's still trying to pick up the pieces and get things together on their end. The Devils, they'll need everything to go right, despite adding the top free agent on the board with Dougie Hamilton. They're in a tough division. The division is potentially there for the taking. Some of those teams, as I mentioned, are probably going to take a step back, but it just seems like it'll have to be a perfect season in New Jersey for them to make the playoffs. And the Predators, I mean, they're always in the mix, but they're not nearly as strong as on, on paper as they have been. They traded away some players. And the Central Division is very good. Uh, they always seem to overshoot expectations. They always seem to be involved, but the Nashville Predators probably should not be. Tier 8, the completely unequipped. We've got the Senators, Blue Jackets, Red Wings, Sharks, and Ducks. There's really not much to say about these teams. They're not good enough to be legitimate contenders for postseason position. The Senators are probably the best of all of them, but they're without Brady Kachuk here, it looks like, to start the season, and they're playing in a division that is just so top-heavy and probably impenetrable for DJ Smith. The Blue Jackets, bit of a rebuilding summer. They did add some quality pieces. They're going to have some good stories with Patrick Laine probably bouncing back, Jack Roslevic probably taking another step forward, but is there enough there to make the playoffs in that division? it's likely that they come last in the Metropolitan, just given where they are in their timeline. Detroit Red Wings, sort of the same thing. I mean, this is the slowest rebuild we've ever seen, and it didn't take any rapid steps forward this offseason. They made some strong additions, but this is all about setting the table for the feast that is to come. And the Sharks and Ducks, it's weird seeing California teams still continue to labor, but the Sharks aren't any better. The Ducks shouldn't be any better as well although they're going to be a little bit more exciting to watch with both Trevor Zegras and Jamie Drysdale likely taking on regular NHL minutes and being pretty important to the success and failure on a night-to-night basis for that team. And finally, we've reached the end. Tier 9, the whoops, we don't have a goalie group. It's the Buffalo Sabres and Arizona Coyotes who don't have any interest in being a decent hockey team and return to the familiar position about six or seven years later of trying to be bad enough to earn the number one draft position. The prize isn't Connor McDavid, but it's still valuable to be the worst team in the NHL. And when you just don't put out goaltending, I mean, tearing it down is one thing and not having a competitive roster is one thing, but the one thing that can prop you up in the NHL is just having decent goaltending. And that's why it should be no surprise that both Buffalo and Arizona are rolling out the two worst goaltending tandems in the entire NHL this season as they look to descend to the basement of the NHL for one more season for two of the teams that have performed at the very bottom of the league for the last decade. Hopefully this time it finally pays off for them. That is it. It is set to begin on Tuesday night on ESPN. It truly is a new world in the NHL. Let's get it going at last. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 